I watched a brilliant documentary over the weekend about the first year in charge of Celtic with um, Ange Postacoglu and how he has transformed uh, the team that went on to win the league last year, bringing in 12 or 13 players and creating this culture of success and we never stop and all, all that. And I shared it with a few people that I think would have would be interested in it because of their, probably primarily their love of soccer, but also the fact that they manage businesses and they run sales teams and um, always good to see other people talking about the way they change culture. I've, I've mentioned this before, but it's really important not to get too carried away with the similarities between um, sport and business. I had a podcast with Enda McNulty a few years ago and I immediately wanted to get into the, the granular detail of the parallels between sport and business and he was very quick to say, let's not talk about sport and business, let's talk about business and business. So it dawned on me then that there's an over-reliance uh, on these cultural references or sporting references that aren't always applicable to a business and sales environment. One of the things you have to remember is that high performance or improving performance in a sales team does not have the luxury of a few things afforded to sports people. So an example of that would be um, recovery time. So in the context of GAA or rugby or soccer, people are spending all week or two weeks or the period before the game in preparation for the big game. And the game is the only thing that matters. Process is important. They have their rituals and their routines and all that sort of stuff. But they are becoming mentally focused for a 70 or 90 minute performance at the weekend. That's immediately followed by recovery and analysis of performance, watching videos of the game, analyzing the team performance, analyzing the individual performance. There's nutritional advice. There's physiotherapy sessions afforded. There's also sports psychologists um, on the scene. And compare that to the day in the life of the salesperson they uh, come in on Monday and um, it's all systems go from Monday. You're into a sales meeting. You're talking about what went wrong last week, what went right. That's probably a slight analysis of performance for the team, maybe a little bit of focus on the individual. But after that, you're straight in and you're fixing up stuff that didn't work out the week before. You're back in the um, conveyor belt. You're trying to, if you're, if you're performing really well, you want to keep that going. If you're performing badly, you want to try and shake the, shake the rut and you've got the pressures of coming down from above. You've got clients and um, customers ringing up, asking about um, stuff and, and, and. So there's no time for recovery. There's certainly very little in the way of nutritional advice. The comparable physiotherapy would be maybe, uh, I don't know, what would it be? Um, going for a walk, your posture, sitting at your desk, all that sort of stuff. And then the sports psychologist isn't really on the scene because... There aren't really that many businesses that deploy, deploy the services of uh, psychoanalysts to help emotional and mental well-being for those people in sales. Some do. I've met some that do and fair play to them. And some other people think it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit like witchcraft. So, so they stay away from it. Not just the business owners thinking it's witchcraft, more the people involved. So you can talk about uh, all the marginal gains in the world, but the plain sort of, the playing fields are very different. 
But there are things that you can focus on as a business owner or as someone who's in sales that you can affect pretty quickly, that you have influence on, that will affect your performance. So let's start with nutrition. Okay, everybody knows that nutrition is really, really important. What you eat is really important, but not everybody regulates that, myself included. I have one example of a training session I held where one of the participants arrived at half past eight for a half nine session and was on their third can of Red Bull. And that's not an exaggeration. That um, particular session was a horror show for everybody, but that was the day in the life of that person and that's what they did all the time to try and stay ahead. And drinking multiple cups of coffee and uh, taking a lot of refined sugar. All of this is the responsibility of everybody, but mainly the person, um, they have control of it. Like if it's to be, it's down to me moment, they can they can decide what they want to, want to eat and what they want to consume. And that's really important. But maybe the business owner has some kind of um, opportunity to talk about nutrition and healthy eating. It's just in the context of the working environment and how you're reducing the peaks and troughs of of energy across the day and that kind of lag going into the afternoon your customers ring you and want to talk to you when they want to talk to you so you kind of have an obligation to be as much on top of your game as you possibly can and that's important i refer back to the sales cybernetics book and only because it's a book that was published in 1973 but nearly everything in the book resonates still makes sense and is valid today and in two pages, 64 and 65, they talk about um, what sales people should eat. And it's just going through a very normal, stable breakfast, lunch and dinner where all the foodstuffs that are mentioned today's, you know, nutritionist influencers are making, you know, making themselves really famous by just chatting stuff that's been in the marketplace for a long time. But that's not to say everybody has access to it because of monetary restraints, because of time restraints, because of family environment and cooking and preparing food. So it's not always easy to find that. But if you're able to find yourself doing that for one week, which they recommend you do every day, you may notice a change and therefore it may be worth it. And always remember you're spending five days a week to subsidize the other two and all the good bits in your life. So it's important that you do the best you can to be the best you can the whole way through. I'm saying this, I struggle with this a lot. I go through periods of um, real dedication to it and um, see the benefits. Um, juicing is a good thing as well. Juicing <clears throat> helps you um, helps with clarity and energy after about two or three days when, you, when you're when you not climbing the walls for being hungry. Um, but there's not it's not really about extremes, it's about balance and it's about finding out what works for you. But just know that caffeinated drinks aren't good for you. Know that a lot of coffee consumption is not good for you and be fully aware that taking a lot of or, or much refined sugar isn't good for you. So that's the kind of stuff that the athletes get told about whenever they're training. They eat the foods that will improve performance. Can you do the same? Can you take your diet and change it in such a way that your performance might improve by some small changes? That's all you're really looking at, some small changes. The other thing I want to talk about is sleep. Um, sleep is 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 a, is really very often overlooked, but only by those people um, who sleep well. So if you don't sleep well, you know that sleep's a problem. Or if you don't know it's a problem, you need to be aware that it's a problem. Um, sleep apnea is a problem. You know, uh, sleep deprivation because of screen time late, because of coffee after six o'clock or seven o'clock in the evening. There's a whole lot of stuff that you can change. But that's like a really, really concerted effort not to look at your mobile phone 
after nine o'clock to get in bed every night by 10 to um, make sure your room has got the right temperature that you're maybe reading for 20 minutes beforehand um, that you also know what a good sleep is and that you're waking up in the morning refreshed and you're noting how you feel when you wake up but that takes effort you know that takes you um, to make changes to your current environment and maybe you don't have time for that maybe you don't um, have the environment for that but you need to think about it if you're not thinking about it because the first step is awareness and if you're if you are getting really um, frequently interrupted sleep you need to do something about it and the first place you could go to would be your doctor there are also homeopathic um, sleeping pills that may or may not work for you but um, I wouldn't be recommending sleeping pills from a chemist but <clears throat> try and adapt your environment so that you're able to get sleep um, it's a regular kind of sleep every night because it makes a big difference to your performance during the day. Other things that you could consider is um, I talk about mindfulness before and meditation and mindfulness is a really good opportunity to try and clear the head um, after a day's work or if you can do it first thing in the morning that's great so the, the important thing to remember is that your work that you didn't do last week or the client that may or may not book this week or the, the presentation that could take place next week it doesn't really matter what matters is how you feel at that moment in time and you can't influence the past and you can whilst you can influence the future there's no point in worrying about it so find a way of getting yourself some mental clarity at some point during the day and that's a, that's an energy management practice as well because your emotional and mental energy is really important to you as you tackle the 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 different challenges that come at you each day and that's really important um, you can tie in with that the spiritual side of it as well because if you're still going to mass or going to church and you get something um, get a real benefit from going down and meditating or thinking deeply then that's not a bad thing either but the idea is in principle emotionally that you step away from <clears throat> the circuit you try and break the circuit of doing the same thing over and over again and um Take time to focus on yourself. Take time to focus on the things that are important to you. Because five days a week of seven, seven or eight hours a day and maybe more than that and the pressures of managers looking to, to, to push more out of you and the economic circumstances that we find ourselves in, all of that stuff puts pressure and you need to have a, a valve for that. Energy management, as you talk about it, would mean fitness and that would mean trying to get in something every day that keeps your body moving. Like it's a real strain on the body sitting at a desk all day and not really doing anything about it from morning to night. There are times that there was one time I was living in an apartment in Belfast and the car was parked in the garage downstairs and I would have walked to the elevator and got the elevator down to the ground floor, got into the car and driven to the meeting, gone to the meeting and sat in an office for seven or eight hours and driven home, got the lift back up again and maybe not left the apartment. And that would have meant in total a thousand steps. Like that's just simply not where you need to be. And <clears throat> sometimes in the morning, it takes a big effort to get up and do some exercise. And sometimes in the evening when you get home, it takes some effort to do some exercise. But the efforts today are probably worth it for the physical benefits to your body, but also the emotional benefits to the body. I'm a big fan of not listening to the news. Um, I find myself pulled into the whole Ukraine and the economy thing this last month or so. 
Um, but the passing of the Queen has made it real easy not to listen to the news. So get a whole... That's not disrespectful to that. To, that's just like 19 days or 17 days or whatever it is is way too much for me. So if you're able to get a good audiobook on the go or get a good podcast on the go that whenever you're journeying into work, you can be distracted by music or something that's going to add value to your thinking. And ultimately, the news is only about the, a list of the worst things that have happened the night before. And the drive time on the way home is the list of the worst things that have happened since you've been at work. And that just is a real um, energy sapper emotionally. So those are a few thoughts. Um, interested to hear yours. Paul at shift-control.co.uk would be good to um, hear anything from you. And thanks for listening this far. And I'll talk to you soon.